Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to another edition of Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon, along with my partner, Wes Reynolds, as we get you set for another week in the world of golf. Wes, good to be back here with you once again. I'll tell you what, the 18th hole, the 72nd and final hole, got us all pretty good last week, didn't it? Both stateside and yeah. across the pond. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, look, uh, at the, we'll start with the Farmers Insurance Open. Of course, uh, I know you and Matt both had Wills Outdoors. You and I had Justin Rose, who, if he just makes birdie at the 18th, eventually would have gotten into that playoff with Luke List and Wills Outdoors. But nevertheless, uh, great shot out of the bunker from Luke List. And, you know, when you can't putt, and that's kind of been the bugaboo for Luke List all those years, and you're not a very good putter, just knock it stiff and, and hit it close and force the other guy to make a putt. Zalatoris does not, despite leading the field for approach and strokes gain tee to green struggled putting on Sunday and and that's just the pressure of a young player that's not used to winning before he was the only player in the top 10 actually to lose strokes putting so Luke List in his 206 PGA Tour start gets his first PGA Tour win and Rory McIlroy like Justin Rose he also dunks one in the water on the 18th hole over Mm -hmm. in the uh, Saudi event and I know you were on Rory (laughs) so uh, the 18th hole was pretty tough on yeah yeah question decision from Rory either questionable decision or execution depending on your perspective 267 got to carry a water on a par five and you just need birdie to win par gets you in a playoff Rory plunks it in the drink and ends up settling for bogey and Victor Hovland defeats Richard Bland in the playoff of there at the Dubai Desert Classic and Victor Hovland ascends to number three in the world Will Zalatoris he was seeking his first PGA Tour win missed a number of short pets on Friday too could not close it out in regulation in the final round on Saturday had a very another very makeable putt on the final hole and like you say Luke List ends up getting it done in a playoff and he wins for the first time in his career on the PGA Tour with a win over Willie Z great tournament though at Torrey Pines what a way for us to kick off season four of long shots Wes it would have been nice to cash an outright winner but the field and the course I thought really delivered a terrific test of golf no absolutely so uh, a very good tournament a very good field out there at the farmers insurance now we take a little bit of drop in terms of the quality of the field this week for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am only six of the top 40 because 20 of the top 50 in the OWGR of course are in Saudi Arabia for the Saudi International more on that later how about our man Taylor Montgomery finished 11th at the Torrey Pines at the farmers insurance open Monty Montgomery the general manager at Shadow Creek former guest here on long shots Taylor is his son had a great week at the farmers uh, did you uh, notice uh, Taylor Montgomery fresh off the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, made a run there? I did, and he actually, I believe, needed a top 10 to go ahead and get into Pebble Beach, and uh, somebody knocked him out with a birdie, unfortunately. But he'll have other opportunities to get some PGA Tour events, still on the Corn Ferry Tour full-time, and obviously you got to take advantage
advantage when you're on the PGA Tour to start getting those places and making it into next week and whatnot, but still a chance to get his card later this year. We head to another multi-time major championship venue this week. Of course, it is a golf icon, Pebble Beach, for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, a traditional Thursday through Sunday event this week. It's played on a three-course rotation with a 54-hole cut coming on Saturday. Each player will play around at Pebble and then also the shore course at Monterey Peninsula Golf Club, also at Spyglass Hill. The final round on Sunday will be at Pebble Beach. All three courses shorter in length, Wes, under uh, 7,200 yards. Each course has Poana grass greens, just like we saw last week at Torrey Pines, another coastal venue where weather and wind can be a factor, and of course it can change quickly. But right now the forecast looks very benign, sunny skies, predicted with breezes under 10 miles an hour in the Carmel Bay area. Yeah, and this is going to be the three-course rotation, by the way, turning uh, returning to this tournament, just to kind of give you a little overview how this event works. 156 pros paired with 156 amateurs. After the 54-hole cut where they play one course, uh, or they play three courses, one each time, that's Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, and then Spyglass Hill. And then after that Saturday round, 54 holes, cut down to the low 60 pros, and then the low 25 pro-ams play on Sunday. Pro-am was canceled last year due to COVID-19. So that returns, as does Monterey Peninsula. So we're used to our back to our normal three-rotation uh course here at Pebble Beach. I didn't feel like there were a ton of correlated courses this week to compare to Pebble Beach. I looked at Torrey Pines for the coastal aspect and the putting surface. I looked at Silverado and Napa where they play the Fortinet Championship, another shorter course where they also have a very similar putting surface. As far as far as skill sets, we know Pebble Beach has the smallest greens on tour, so I looked at strokes gained approach and greens and regulation. I looked at scrambling because players are going to miss a lot of these greens. And then finally, I looked at proximity of the hole and also putting inside of 10 feet. I mentioned last week at Torrey, this is a stat I like to look at when these guys are putting on Poana. How about you? How did you try to decipher this week's test in the Monterey Peninsula? Yeah, there are some different nuances on this course, but it's right around 7,000 yards. I believe Spyglass the longest at 7041. But so it's more tree line protected, by the way. Uh, Pebble Beach and Monterey, kind of more of a coastal slash link setup, if you will. So the layouts I kind of looked at in terms of any kind of correlated courses, and I had difficulty finding that as well. But I used Wileye for the Sony Open, especially for Pebble and for Monterey Peninsula. Used a little bit of Sea Island, which, of course, hosts the RSM down in Georgia in late November. And then if you're looking kind of the coastal seaside type of deal, maybe El Camillion, Port mm -hmm. Royal, I thought made a little bit of sense. But in terms of what I looked at for the statistical categories to try to narrow down and find a winner here, Approach is always important. I think it's even more important this week because the length, not very long. Either of these three layouts, uh, Pebble Beach and uh, Spyglass, play, or excuse me, Monterey, play a little bit less than 7,000 yards. So I looked at approach. I looked at good drives gained instead of accuracy this week because I think good drives not only kind of measure your driving, but also your approach ability because these are small greens, especially on Pebble Beach. 3,500 square feet. So these are not the easiest to hit for GIR, which can kind of be overused as a stat, but I thought it was going to matter this week. So I use greens and regulation gained, uh, strokes gained around the green. I think that you have to be good because you're going to miss these small greens. So that means you're going to have some chips and some short pitches from the green, and you got to be able to get up and down and save some shots there. And then I looked uh, with the wedge game proximity, 100 to 125, also 125 to 150. All right, well, let's see how our guest breaks down golf in beautiful Pacific Grove, California. It's Alan Shipnuck, one of the best golf writers you'll ever find in the world. He's a multi-time author. He's been with Sports Illustrated and Golf Magazine for over 25 years, and now he's a part of the Fire Pit Collective. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan Shipnuck, and you can hear him on Long Shots as he's appeared with us every season now when the tour finds itself along the West Coast. Alan, thank you so much for making time for us once again this year on Long Shots. Unfortunately, the field is down a little bit at Pebble this year with so many big names playing in the Saudi Invitational. But it looks like the weather in the Carmel area will be sunny and calm. How do you break down this event? Obviously, a three-course rotation. You know these golf courses as well as anyone. What type of player, what skill sets do you feel will have the best chance at getting it done this week? 
Well, you guys covered it in forensic detail there on that last section. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, when you talk about this week, the, the golf courses are the star. I, mean, I think that's what people tune in to watch, especially, you know, various snowbirds. And uh, the weather is absolutely gorgeous. I live in Carmel, and, uh, you know, I was on, on the beach this morning with my dog in short sleeves, and it's just going to be a great week. And, I mean, it's really golf porn when you get when you get these courses on TV you know, in conditions like that. So, um, you know, I, as you said, it's it's really a ball control kind of tournament. I mean, you could play all three of these courses more or less without a driver. There's just there's very few places where you can overpower any of these golf courses. So it's it's precision. I mean, you know, I, Jason Day is, is intriguing because he's had many good finishes um, on the West Coast in his life, and he, he played well at Torrey, and he seems, he seems ascendant. Um, but, you know, it's it, the, he's still a little more of a slugger. I mean, you get a guy like Kevin Streelman or Brad Snedeker, like those crafty vets who, who just really control their golf ball well, and they're overmatched at, at so many, um, you know, modern golf courses. But, but these, you know, ancient playing fields, it's a different story. So, um you know, I think I'd be, you know, I think that's kind of the profile, a, a, a player who just knows how to maneuver and, uh, his way around. And there's, there's a lot of subtleties to this week. You know, I've been uh, hanging out with Mark Baldwin, who's playing for the first time, and he's going from course to course to course and realizing, you know, the green speeds are different, the grasses are different, the rough is different. Um, it, it's a lot to absorb and to calculate. So I, I think this tournament definitely favors the, the, the dudes who've played it a bunch. That's why we see so many repeat winners. Obviously, Phil is the, the most recent example. But um, and and then there's just the quirkiness of the format of playing with an amateur and, and that whole dynamic, and that doesn't suit everybody. So uh, I think the bottom line is people who tend to play well at this tournament fit a certain profile and. You're better off choosing one of the guys who has a track record than, than uh, taking a flyer on, on someone who's, who's young or new to the event. And, Alan, you mentioned Jason Day, who we saw was about triple digits to one in a much stronger field at the Farmers and putting his obvious uh, event form where he's had so many top fives and top tens here. Just seeing Jason Day now at 20 to one where he drifted down because Will Zalatoris, of course, withdrew from the field earlier this morning with COVID-19. That uh, do, you, do you really think like Jason Day is back here? Or is it just basically, okay, he's a form junkie, so you kind of got to go with him? A little bit of both. I mean, he's, he's made some significant changes to his swing that, to kind of take pressure off of his back, and that's been the whole, you know, 2015 Jason Day, that's some of the best golf the PGA Tour has seen in the last 30 years. Um, and then, you know, he just had a series of, of, of back issues and other physical maladies, but the guy has so much game, and now he's—I think he's learned to swing the club in a way that's going to prolong his career and let them. I mean, he basically hasn't been able to hit balls for six years. He just kind of turns up and plays. That's hard to make your living doing that. And he can finally practice. He can grind a bit more. So um, I think I think he's going to have a good season. And I think Torrey Pines is really just the beginning. Um, but you know, you never know with him. I mean, he's—he's he's always one twinge away from um, from obscurity. So. Uh, but it seems like he's really made some significant changes, and, and, and hopefully he's kind of found the formula so he can he can keep that form going. Alan, another uh, big name and former world number one we saw have a great week last week at Torrey Pines was Justin Rose, of course, a former winner at Torrey Pines, and he's had good success at Pebble as well. Uh, both he and Jason Day really struggled in 2021, very inconsistent. Uh, do you think this is a sign of things to come for Rosie as well? Do you expect a good year out of uh, Justin Rose in 2022? Yeah, you know, he, he had he had when he won the FedEx Cup and he, he had a cup of coffee at number one and a couple of years ago and it just seemed like he took a very long victory lap. <laughs> of course he changed golf clubs and uh, kinda cashed in, which a lot of guys do and um, I guess that's the professional golfers they play for money. They can make more money playing some different clubs. It makes a certain amount of sense, but um, obviously he had a profound effect on, on Rose's performance and just the general I think malaise of, of trying you know he, climbed, he got to the mountaintop and now you got to find another mountain to climb and I think it's 
taken a couple of years to uh, to realize, like, you know, the window's closing. I mean, at his age, if, if he's going to have one more run and he, uh, you know, and really add to his legacy and, and be the player that we think he could be, I mean, the time is now. So, anecdotally, he's been working a lot harder and he's a lot more dedicated and he's putting the time into his game again. So, um, he's a talented guy. I mean, and he, he talked about someone who should feast on at these golf courses, I mean, he's such a precise iron player when he's on. That um, you know, if he can if he can keep going forward, and he, he's definitely dangerous. But uh, you know, he needs more than one good week to make me a believer. But I've been I've been hearing good things, so I feel like you know we'll see a lot more out of him than we have the last couple seasons. Alan, this is such an event with a long history, all the way back to the Bing Crosby clam bake. Uh, obviously, a very popular event over the years, but the field quality has declined a little bit. And I'm wondering what, if exclusively, or if there are multiple factors that you kind of attribute that to. Uh, we know rough spot in the schedule. We know 20 of the top 50, and we'll get into that in a moment, are in Saudi Arabia this week. Why do you think we have seen so many players skirt this event in recent years? Yeah, I mean the the Middle Eastern money is, is is a somewhat new phenomenon. I mean, this century really, and that's had a profound effect. I mean, um, all the top European players have, have basically just eliminated Pebble from their schedule. Uh, now you're missing Phil and Dustin, guys who've had a lot of success here. You know, Rory had made some cameos in recent years, and um, it's really disappointing. I mean. Pebble Beach is is an is an iconic place, and talking about three of the best golf courses in the world. The Spyglass is is amazing. I love the short course at Monterey Peninsula. I mean, that's one of my favorites anywhere. And to to spurn the history and instead of playing these wonderful golf courses in such a charming part of the world, fly all the way to Saudi Arabia and play some dumpy course in the middle of the desert just because someone's going to give you a briefcase full of blood money. Like, give me a break. Um, you know, it, it certainly um, lays bare the priorities of these guys. Um, you know, it's not about supporting the tour. It's not about the sponsors. But, but that's an underrated part of this week is all the, you know, the amateurs in this field, they're all CEO types. And a lot of business gets done this week. And it's huge for the tour from an entertainment standpoint. And, you know, there's dinner parties every night. And it's really a social week where where you can, you can it's like the connective tissue for a lot of things in professional golf. And, you know, to take to to kick all that to the curb and just go over to Saudi Arabia, just uh, it's disappointing. And um, you know, again, that's what these guys do for a living. But at some point, don't you have enough money? I mean, Dustin Johnson is never going to want for anything, and he pretty much launched his career at Pebble Beach. I mean, two of his first three victories were here, and um, for him to turn his back on this tournament really stings. And Mickelson too. I mean, his grandfather was a caddy at Pebble Beach. Back when it opened in 1919, and he's always gotten a lot of mileage out of that. And he's got a lot of friends in this area, and he's, he, you know, he's, he's like all over town usually during the week of the, of the, of the tournament. And uh, those guys, I mean, their, their lifetime earnings, you know, is going to run into the billions when you factor in endorsements and everything else. So, I mean, you feel like it was like Gordon Gecko. Like, when is enough enough? But um, I guess we haven't reached that point yet. So, Alan, that leads me to my next question, of course. Uh, the big news this week in Saudi Arabia, as you mentioned. And then Greg Norman has been trying to do this for years, this, like, World Golf League or Super Golf League. He's been trying to put this together since, like, the mid-'90s. Finally has some backing from the Saudi Arabia government. Do you think that this is going to be a threat to the PGA and the DP World Tour? Or do you think kind of what Tim Fincham did throughout his tenure kind of was able to keep it at bay and not make this a thing? I don't think it's much of a threat, and you know, I, I have I have an, uh, a biography of, of Mickelson coming out in May for Simon and Schuster, and we had a long talk about Saudi Arabia, and without giving away too much, it's in the book. I mean, he, he's he doesn't really want to go over there and have to play golf, you know, ten times a year. Uh, it's a long flight. You can't have any fun while you're there, right? I mean, it's just you're stuck on a resort in, in a country that clearly is not conducive to any kind of. Um, nightlife or goofing off and um, you know he's just kind of using this as leverage to get what he wants for the PGA Tour and it's, it's been effective but I mean look at the news break today though they've offered you know Ian Poulter all this money to go to Saudi Arabia 
I mean, if Ian Poulter is your marquee player, I mean, give me a break. I, like, we all like Ian Poulter. He's fun to watch at the Ryder Cup, and he's kind of a, a good antihero in golf. But, I mean, the dude's almost 50, and he hasn't won anything in ages. And he's going to be your headliner. I mean, it, it tells you how desperate they are. So, ultimately, I mean, if you play well in the PGA Tour, you're going to make so much money, and you have autonomy of your schedule, and you don't have to – you have to take 18-hour flights to the middle of the desert, you know. I mean, these guys, they love to be independent contractors and control their own lives. And if you sign up for the Saudi Golf League, they're going to tell you where to be and when to be there. And um, it's it's just a whole different thing. I mean, for a guy like Poulter, who's at the end of his career, maybe it's one last cash grab. But if you're, you know, Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas or any of these guys, like, there's no appeal in that whatsoever. You want to play the traditional events. You want to play on great golf courses. And you want to have some kind of legacy and Saudi offers none of that. All right, Alan, let's get back to Pebble beach. How about your top foursome this week? If you were going to uh, join us right here in Las Vegas, and uh, we made a trip to the betting window when you, with you uh, to win the AT&T Pebble beach pro-am, who would be your top four picks? Man, that's a good one. Um, well, you know, the more we talk about it, I've, I've sort of talked myself into um, to Justin Rose and, and Jason Day. I mean, they, obviously they have longer resumes than most other guys in this field. Um, you know, Will Z did have a ton of momentum. I mean, he would he would have been an easy choice. Uh, and that's the other thing is, like, it's hard to make putts this week. With the, you know, the Poa grass, the pebble everyone knows about. Spy and, and Monterey Peninsula, their greens are pure, but... It's still it's 300 plus players, you know. It's a big field, and um, you just don't make as many putts as you normally do. So that would actually help a guy like Zal Torres, who's obviously a little flinchy. Um, but I mean, if I had to if I had to pick a, a sentimental one, it'd be this guy Mark Baldwin. I don't know if you uh, if you follow his story, but he's 38 years old. He's been trying to break through his whole life, and he got a sponsor's exemption. One of my colleagues at the uh, at the Fire Pit Collective, Ryan French, is caddying for him. He's doing these daily diaries and. Baldwin's like probably the most interesting and the smartest PJ Tour player I've ever talked to, and I'm a big fan of his. So, um, but you know, Pat, I mean, Patrick Cantley is a killer, and he's obviously won the FedEx Cup, and and his game travels anywhere. So it's hard not not to pick him. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of any sleepers that we've, we've kind of we've hit on the obvious ones. I mean, a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick who is overmatched at a lot of modern golf courses and just doesn't have the length off the tee whatsoever. But, again, the rest of his game from 150 yards in, he's one of the best players in the world. And so um, he's dangerous this week, and he's had a little bit of success here. Um, I've always loved Brian Gay. I mean, he's almost 50, but, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys who's not afraid to win, and when he gets hot, he can get really hot. It's uh, He's been coming here a lot. He stayed in a little house right off Cypress Point. And he, he loves this week, and he feels very comfortable here. So, um, And I think you guys were talking earlier about Bermuda. I mean, that's another old-fashioned short golf course. And obviously, you won there somewhat recently. So even at his advanced age, he, he's dangerous. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I think we, we hit on most of them. The, um, you know, I like Sned. We haven't even talked about Jordan Spieth, but... Um, you know, he's had a great record here. So it's, it's, he's just getting the season going. It's, it's hard. It's not much, much, uh, not much to go on to kind of figure out where his form is. But he's, he just plays this golf course really well. And it's a big week for him with, you know, AT&T being one of his big sponsors. And he cares about that stuff. So uh, I gave you more than four names. But <laughs> I, would, I would pick four out of that seven and, uh, and go from there. And, uh, Alan, uh, just one more here before we let you go. We're only 66 days away from the Masters. And anybody you have your eye on at least early at Augusta National? Yeah, I always I start thinking about Augusta when we get to Florida. But um, that's a good question. I, I mean, I'm actually going to be curious to see how Dustin Johnson plays over in Saudi Arabia. He's won there two out of the last three years, but – um, you know, Dustin hasn't—he hasn't won in the U.S. since 2020, actually, when um, when he won the November Masters. And I feel like, you know, he's been sidetracked. He's about to get 
finally get married, and there's all this stuff going on. And um, but I feel like Dustin has one more big run in him um, before he just like goes to the great you know fishing boat in the sky as, as a golfer. <laughs> and, um, and so, if you know the the Masters, he won it counts. He won it. He beat everyone. It was Augusta National, but it was it was a different kind of tournament. And I still want to see Dustin do it on a firm, fiery Augusta National. So I'm keen to see how he's going to play because uh, I know he's fired up and he, he's pissed off. And, you know, he doesn't. He's, he's a very prideful guy. He likes to be number one and he likes to win golf tournaments. And what he did the Ryder Cup was kind of a reminder of what he's capable of. And we hadn't seen that in a while. I think that gave him a little taste of it again. So. Um, I need to see how he plays the next few months before I make him the favorite. But he's a, he's the guy I'm most intrigued about, put it that way. All right, Alan, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We'll let you go. And do you have a title for your book coming out in May yet? Yeah, it's called Phil, <laughs> uh, in all caps. Uh, and this guy has a fun subhead. What is it? The, the rip-roaring and unauthorized biography of uh, golf's most colorful superstar. I think I got that right. All and, right. Um, you know, I've, it'll be my seventh book, and I, I have to say, it's 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 a journey. I mean, I had so much fun doing this book, and there's so much great stuff in there. Um, just outrageous stories. There's tons of laugh out loud moments. There's a lot of juiciness. I got the goods on everything, whether it's gambling losses or <laughs> the bust up with bones or Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's all in there. So. Uh, I think people are going to love this book. I'm excited to set it free out into the world here shortly. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. And uh, I'll, get you, I'll get with you after the show today, and you can send Wes and I a copy, right? Yeah, we can work something out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan. I mean, since you pay me so... Yeah, I mean, since you guys pay me so lavishly for these cameos, it's the least I can do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're spot on, my friend. All right, well, thanks again, and enjoy uh, Pebble Beach, Alan. All right, thanks. See you guys. Thank you, Alan. All right, that is Alan Shipnook. That sounds like a good book, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and and a big story to tell with Phil Mickelson, obviously capped off by being the oldest ever winner in major championship history at Kiwa Island at the PGA last year. All right, well, uh, of course, we discussed the Masters there a little bit, and we've got more talk on the Masters when we come back. Major implications as both Matt Humans and I have some new plays in pocket for Augusta, and, of course, Wes will break down what is a very big Big week across the pond. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in to Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. It is time for Major Implications. And Wes, you know that I already have Cameron Smith in pocket to win the Masters at 40 to 1. That was a bet I made on that Friday night after he had the 36-hole lead at Kapalua, eventually went on to win that tournament. But I added one this week. Same thing on Friday night before the final round at Torrey Pines. And that was on Jason Day at 125 to 1. That was by far the best price I could find. It was pretty much double of everything else that I saw out there for the most part. And he's not even in the field yet. Now, he went up from about 150th in the world to 83rd in the world rankings with that good performance at Torrey Pines. So I'm not only gambling on Jason Day to win the Masters, but he's also got to get in the field first. He'll Mm. have to either earn a win on the PGA Tour or crack the world's top 50 in the rankings. But I saw that number on Jason Day, who's had a good track record over the years at Augusta, and I had to bite. Yeah, absolutely, because that number nowhere longer to be found, really, because maybe this was an emergence. Now, I did not – I'm debating taking him this week simply because – Gosh, at 18 to 1, I've seen him as low as. It's like this guy was 100 to 1 at Torrey Pines. I know he's good here, and this is a weaker field, but it's like I kind of, at least for this week, got to see it to believe it. Matt Eumann's made a couple of plays this past week on players to win the Masters as well. He got Cameron Smith at 41 to 1. So good job there finding that. I have not seen anything uh, at 40 or higher since I made that bet after or before his win at Kapalua. And then he also took a stab with Will Zalatoris 40 to 1 off of his performance at Torrey Pines. Do you have anything in pocket yet? Nothing yet. Just the Justin Thomas from 14 to 1 from earlier in the season. That is all that I have. Uh, Just kind of looking to see who's going to get cut. Look, Victor Hovland got cut a little bit now down to 20, 22 to 1 after that win over in Dubai where he played very well. You know, you don't want to discredit him, even though Rory McIlroy did give the tournament away over there in Dubai. But he's going to get cut. And I think we've already seen Thomas Peters, who won in Abu Dhabi to open the DP World Tour season. He's already been cut. So I haven't – all I have is Thomas right now. I'm probably going to add sporadically – throughout the week so all right well we've got a very big week uh across the pond here a couple tournaments uh across the pond and of course we talked about the uh saudi invitational earlier with alan shipnuff give us a scoop wes yeah 20 of the top 50 as alan uh, mentioned and uh did not hold back on uh what look what saudi arabia this is sponsored by the government by the way the sponsor of this event is actually called the pif the public investment fund which is operated by the saudi arabia government have a about an estimated $500 billion in assets. So they're spending some of those assets, obviously trying to uh, get sport events. They have done so with Formula One, WWE. They tried to take over Newcastle United out of the English Premier League. That did not happen. The league uh, disallowed that. But, you know, like Alan's criticism earlier, I mean, what they call this is sports washing because we know that Saudi Arabia, I don't think this is a hot political take or I'm exactly a spokesperson for Amnesty International by saying, this they have a questionable human rights record over there so that's why this has had so much controversy and then greg norman trying to do this world golf league that is backed by this event and by the way this is not a european tour event anymore or a dp world tour rather this is now an asian tour event this is a flagship event they've spent a lot of money and a lot of big names over here, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele, Cameron Smith, Terrell Hatton, Sergio Garcia, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, Paul Casey, uh, Patrick Reed, Kevin Na, Ian Poulter, Tommy Fleetwood. So, and, and I'm even missing some, 20 of the top 50 here. So, you know, relatively short course over here at Royal Greens, uh, par 70. It's going to play this week, a little over 7,000 yards. Dustin Johnson, by the way, who Alan Shipnuck mentioned earlier, has won two of the three years, and the year he didn't win was won by Graham McDowell. DJ was second back in 2020, so 1-2-1, pretty good form here, and that's why you see him as a 7-1 favorite, but I elected to go a little bit down the board. Not too far, though, because I think, you know, it's heavy at the top and then not so great at the bottom, so I went relatively short prices here. Terrell Hatton, 12-1, sixth and fourth to start the year at Abu Dhabi in Dubai, sixth year on debut last year. Thomas Peters, again, 18-1. to He's won two of his last four events. Had a third here, I believe, two years ago when he was in the midst of a winless drought. 
Ian Poulter, the aforementioned Poulter, 40 to 1. He's played this event all three years, best finished sixth back in 2019. It's a shorter course with wide fairways, so I don't think it's going to put him really at a deficit off the tee. And then Lucas Herbert at 50 to 1, the Australian. He gained two worldwide wins last year, one on the DP World Tour, one in the Bermuda Championship on the PGA Tour. So he has the look of a different player now. So Hatton, Peters, Poulter, and Herbert, my card for Saudi. And then there is another DP World Tour event as well. Now the field is watered down in that one. Of course, you have many of the Americans at Pebble Beach. And then, of course, you have the folks at the Saudi Invitational that you just mentioned. So the the Europe, the traditional European Tour event this week is a little light in the field as well. Yeah, it is. And uh, they are staying in the United Arab Emirates. And I'll try to get this pronunciation right. It's the sixth largest city, abbreviated R-A-K, Ras El Kaima. And they're going to be there also next week because the Cutter Masters did get canceled. So, like you said, the quality and field kind of dips, and it's kind of a normal mid-season boilerplate DP World Tour event. So, Bern Viesberger is the favorite at 10-1. to 1. And then you have uh, Jordan Smith, who actually won here on the Challenge Tour. The Challenge Tour is kind of the equivalent of the Corn Ferry Tour for the DP World Tour. He actually won on this course back in 2016. Adrian Moronk, another short price. He was the runner-up on this golf course here at RAK back in 2017. Robert McIntyre, 25-1. to 1. So this is the first time the DP World Tour has been here, but it's called Alhambra Golf Club. It has hosted European Tour Challenge or Challenge Tour events in the past. So I kind of see it, saw if I can found, find like a needle in a haystack looking at that. It's par 72, 7,325 yards. Uh, similar setup, I guess, a little bit to Dubai and then the back nine is longer in the front line, but there's not three far, par fives on the back nine like there is at Dubai. So uh, the five I went with uh, just briefly, Romaine Long S, 25 to one, has finishes a fourth and six on this golf course dating back to the Challenge Tour days. Led the field and approach last week in Dubai. And, you know, two top 20s against stronger fields in Abu Dhabi and Dubai than he'll face this week. Drop in class. So, Romain Lowness, 25 to 1. JB Hansen, 35 to 1. Actually concluded his 2021 with six finishes in the top 25. Did win the Dubai Championship. So, a recent winner on the European Tour finishes of 7th and 13th here during the Challenge Tour days. Ryan Fox, 40 to 1, who actually led after 36 holes in the Saudi International last year, but elected to play here at and RAK this week, where I think his chances of victory are much higher against a, a more downfield. Julian Brune, 55 to 1, two time winner on the Challenge Tour last year, earned his DP World Tour card this year. Respectable T25 at Abu Dhabi against a much better field. Brandon Stone, 66 to 1, really good off the tee, not as good on approach, but this is kind of a course here at Alhambra, a resort type course where he's going to be able to attack off the tee with his driver. All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for match play we'll go over all of our plays for pebble beach when we return right here on long shots enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots right here on vSIN and vSIN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, and we've reached the time in the program for match play where we go over all of our plays for this week's current match, and uh, that, of course, is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We'll start with our colleague Matt Eumanns' plays, and he just has four outright plays this week, no head-to-head matchups. He is on Maverick McNeely, the Stanford Cardinal, who was born and raised in the this area. He's got McNeely at 28 to 1. Cameron Tringali, he's got Tringali at 31 to 1. Had a real good tournament last week at Torrey Pines. Kevin Streelman, who Alan Shipnuck mentioned, uh, I've been on Streelman before at Pebble. Guy has a great course history here. Hasn't won it before, but always seems to play well. Uh, on the Monterey Peninsula, does Kevin Streelman. Matt's got him at 50 to 1. And then his long bomb, uh, this has become one of his favorite guys as well. He stumbled across how well this guy was playing when he attended the U.S. Open back there in 2019 when Gary Woodland went on to win. That's Ches Reavy. Matt is on Ches Reavy at 125 to 1. Yeah, and I am on him as well. I got him ah. at 100 to 1. Runner up here in 2018, T3 in the 2019 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, where Matt was in a that's probably why he's got a very good impression of Jez Reby, and rightfully so. And then a couple of the stats I looked at here, he was third in the field for good drives gain and six for approach, and I did it on the basis of the last 24 rounds. So basically takes you back kind of into the early mid-fall. So he's been hitting the ball pretty well, and I think, you know, he's one of those players that's not a very long hitter but kind of fits on this course. If he keeps it in the fairway, the length is not going to overwhelm him, and I think he could go well here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ches Reavy has uh, had a good history in the past at Pebble. So what about the rest of your card? Yeah, and uh, my uh, shortest guy, I got him before the price dipped with the Zalatoris withdrawal, and that was Justin Rose at 29-1. to We were both on him last week. And look, I don't want to necessarily love him and leave him, Brady, because when I do that, that guy ends up winning. When I get off a guy where he was kind of a near miss, and it's like, well, I don't know if I like him this week, and then he goes ahead and plays well. You know, I talking about Justin Rose and Jason Day, we were talking about them with Alan Shipnuck. Um Justin Rose, I would like more as a play this week because he mm-hmm. really played well and, yeah. and, and just had that one little hiccup at the end. And, and I think he's got better long-term form than Jason Day. Look, right. Jason Day, obviously, he has cut that We just low don't because, know if Day's going to show up again. Right, right. And you look at Rose, I think he's found something again. He, I think three of his last four events, he's been 12th or better. Uh, you know, he was tankering Played pretty with well at the American Express. Exactly. And he was he's been tinkering with his equipment. He lost confidence. Hasn't won in three years. Actually, since that Tory Pines back in uh, 2019, but was fifth in the, the field last week for approach. And I kept mentioning, I was like, this guy has given himself birdie chance after birdie chance after birdie chance and started to finally kind of convert him on the Saturday. I about said Sunday final round, but of course <laughs> was a Saturday finish and started to really convert those chances and then was at uh, uh, all he needed was birdie at 18 now he didn't know that at the time because 15 under ended up getting you in the playoff but hit one in the water there settled for bogey ended up settling for t6 so look I, I do like rose here he's got good pass form at pebble beach third in the u.s open in 2019 along with uh, Ches reby that was the u.s open of course gary woodland emerged victorious and he has a sixth in the at&t back in 2016 so i think rose has found something in his game and uh, I went with him at 29 to 1. And I imagine you have a few more on your card there. I do. Uh, Kevin Kisner, 50 to 1. Look, uh, very comparable, I think, to Wiley here. Kevin Kisner has never really contended here, surprisingly enough. You would think this would be a very good course for him. Began 20- I think it's the Poana. Yeah. He's such a Bermuda yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. And, and I did consider that. Bermuda is his pr- pr- preferred putting services. But he has some decent finishes on Poa in the past. Now, when he got top 10 here in 2017, he actually did lose three strokes on the green. But 
But when you look at the ball striking, when you look at, at the approach game and the fact that he's a greens and regulation machine, I think he could go well. And he's also started 2022 very well, if you agree in recent form. T3 for me, I had him at the Sony Open at Wiley. Also finished top 10 the week before at the Tournament of Champions, which I think is a worse course for him at Kapalua than it is at Wiley. So Kevin Kisner, 50-1. to one. Going back to the well with Tom Hoagie, who I almost got in the winner's circle two weeks ago at the American Express. Now he's about half the price, 60-1 to one here. Keep in mind, he was T2 here last year at Pebble Beach after 54 holes and then hit a bad shot, made a double late in the round. That took him out, right out of the top 10. But he's another player who I think is best on shorter coastal tracks, was third and 12th over the years at Wiley for the Sony Open, third at the Mayakoba, two top 10s at the RSM, including a fourth last November. So this is, I think, a good setup for him. Uh, another veteran I am going with, it's kind of the, the week of the veterans a little bit here, Matt Kuchar, 66 mm. to 1. Seventh at the Sony three weeks ago, strong correlation to Pebble Beach. He's got wins out there at the YLI Country Club and at Mayakoba, both shorter coastal courses like Pebble Beach. And you mentioned the Poa Greens, number one in this field over the last 24 rounds for strokes gained on those Poa Greens is one Matt Kuchar. So Matt Kuchar, 66 to 1. Russell Knox, 80 to 1, also popped on a lot of my stat categories. Leads the field for good drives gain, top 10 for GIR gain, top 10 in strokes gained approach, seventh year last year. I think he can go well. And then my longer shot, I was considering, I was like, oh, I need somebody. I, I did consider Brandon Harkins, who mm -hmm. has won at yeah. Pebble Beach before. Local did, kid. Did win on the Corn Ferry Tour last week, but I instead went with Grayson Sig, who also has won as an amateur on this course. That was the Carmel Cup years ago. Alan Shipnuck, of course, our guest, a resident of Carmel, California. Two-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2021. Only player in the field when I looked at the proximity, because I think your wedge game is really going to matter here, and I took proximity to the hole from 100 to 125 and 125 to 150, and he was the only player in the top 10 in both of those yardage markers. Well, that's good to hear because I am on young Grayson Sig as well. I played a lot of outrights this week. Usually I'll do five or six. This week I went with nine, and not one of them is shorter than 50 to one. I, I think we really have a wide-open event here, Wes, and you might get a long bomb that comes through like we have seen many years in the past at Pebble Beach. Von Taylor, D.A. Points, Matt Gogol, mm -hmm. uh, Ted Potter Jr. It almost seems like it's a shorter price, like a 20-some-to-one guy, or it's like a 300-to-one guy. Easter when I famine. looked at the recent history here, yes. <laughs> so I started with Mackenzie Hughes at 50 to 1. He missed the cut last week at Torrey, but he played very well in the U.S. Open there. He's also got a 29th place finish at Torrey back in 2019. He was 10th at Pebble last year, has a 33rd and a 13th in Napa. Very solid across all the stats. Very good putter and scrambler. Lanto Griffin at 50 to 1. He's had great success at Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach, and Silverado up in Napa. 45th on tour and approach, 50th in scrambling. Christian Bezadenhut, I went against him in a matchup uh, last week, and that was victorious with Justin, Ru Justin Rose over Bezadenhout. But this week I'm on him at 55 to 1. He was 46th last week at the Farmers. He hasn't ever played Napa or Pebble, so that worries me a little bit. But he's excellent on approach, very solid short game, and I really like his form right now. A 15th at Mayakoba, a 17th at the Sony last month in Hawaii. I am also on Tom Hoagie West, uh, 66 to 1. He missed the cut at Torrey, but uh, you mentioned he does have a top five finish here, uh, or both at Torrey and Pebble. Two top five finishes re recently at the RSM and the American Express. Also has a 12th here at Pebble and a 17th at the Fortinet. Sixth on tour in approach right now and 12th in scrambling. So I really like that approach or that combination, I should say, right there for Tom Hoagie. Uh, Matt Jones at 70 to 1. Wes, you know I love mm -hmm. me some Matt Jones I, at Pebble I, I Beach. I actually looked at him this week, and I think he could very well fit because there were so many guys, Brady, it was like hard to kind of distinguish. It was kind of hard. That's to why I ended up on nine. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was hard to like distinguish between Kevin Streelman mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, uh, Lanto Griffin, Matt Kevin Jones. Kistner. Russell Knox was a guy I yeah. looked at. Really yeah, it was really hard this week. So it is a little bit of a crapshoot with a, kind of a downfield, even though you do have some quality names at the top, but you got a lot of veteran names this week. Maybe not a lot of the young guys that are right there in the top 10, but 
I still think some depth in this field. Uh, Matt Jones, by the way, an 11th, a 7th, and a 5th at Pebble Beach. Also has a top five at Torrey Pines, to his credit. Very good putter. Really seems to flourish on coastal tracks and the Poana Greens. And then my big bombs, triple-digit triple long shots. Troy Merritt at 100-1. to one. Excellent course form here at both Pebble and Napa. Mm -hmm. Grayson Sig, I mentioned I line up there with you on him. I got him at 125-1. to one. Uh, 34th last week at Torrey. You mentioned he's won here at Pebble as an amateur. Also a 30th at the Fortinet. Peter Malnati at 225 to 1. I considered him as well. He yeah. did pop on a couple of my stat models this week. Yeah, has a top 10 and top 25 finishes at all the correlated courses that I use. Solid stats across the board. So I thought 225 was really a high price on a guy that has a decent shot. And then finally, I went with the Cal Bear, James Hahn at 300 to 1. California kid who's won at Riviera. He knows these three courses mm -hmm. in this putting surface as well as anybody in the field. Yeah. Has a third at Pebble in the past and a top 10 in Napa. So I took a stab at the big number with him. Yeah, they all make sense. And you did mention Troy Merritt a moment ago. 8-25-16 his form here the last three starts at Pebble Beach. So absolutely makes a lot of sense. All right. We'll see if we can get one of them home this week. We kicked off season four with long shots with Justin Rose and Will Zalatoris coming up just short. You know these players are going to hit some long shots hopefully you do too thanks for listening thanks to ben wilson thanks to sean mccollum thanks to wes reynolds and matt humans this is brady cannon saying see you later and enjoy the golf from v sin the sports betting network At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.